Hello Heroes 3 listeners, this is Carlos. I've got a little bit of a side episode for you today. We're behind on recording, so you'll get a regular episode next week. But in the meantime, I wanted to share this thing. I thought maybe some of you would like it. It's a video game music challenge. So it's mostly video game music. I do talk about action films in here at some point. So think of it kind of like an inverted Heroes 3 episode. (laughs) I'm also not trying to step on our Mercado Network brother's toes. We're not switching over to video game music, but I do feel like there's some parallels with uh, fighting game music and beat-em-ups. That's what I'm talking about here with a lot of the films that we talk about. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed this and let me know if you didn't and we'll see you next week with our She Shoots Straight episode. Hello, this is Carlos... Some of you may know me as Kung Fu Carlito, co-host of Heroes 3 Podcast, and I am here today to share with you some fighting game music and some beat-em-up music. So a little bit of background here. I was actually challenged by a fellow VGM fan who goes by The Last Recon. And uh, he called me out on Discord, uh, the VG Embassy Discord. He he challenged me <laughs> out of nowhere. That's cool. I'm down for a challenge. Um, so basically what he wanted to do is over the course of a week, we would put together 10 tracks from fighting games and from beat-em-ups. And um, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to come up with a winner but I think we're going to do some type of voting of some kind. So this was a challenge towards me, but I thought I'd challenge myself by recording a little, I guess a little kind of one-off podcast using these tracks and giving little testimonials about a little bit of context and maybe some tidbits here and there of things that you might not know that uh, I really enjoy about these tracks. So this is kind of crazy. I don't, I usually do solo stuff like this. Here we go. So, um, of course, I'm going to have to start with some fighting game stuff because I love fighting games and I also uh, love Street Fighter. So going with Cammy's theme is a theme that I love a lot and I've shared on different podcasts before. So uh, one of the rules that the last Recon, uh set was that we can use arrangements, which I was like, whoa, that's really opening the floodgates but um i have fun you know picking some stuff that kind of expresses my taste in video game music and in music in general so uh the first track is cami stage from an album called diverse versus capcom and it's a japanese dojin group an indie label uh called diverse system that yeah I haven't kept up with them in a long time, but they used to put out really great arrangements uh, in a lot of varying styles. So um, this is actually arranged by an artist called Oka Orihara. I actually couldn't find too much information on this artist, uh, although I did find that Diverse System has a Bandcamp page. Uh, and there was a track from them on the Bandcamp page that was really awesome. Uh, I actually ended up buying the album right when I saw it. But uh, yeah, anyways, so here's Cammy's stage from Diverse vs. Capcom, originally from Super Street Fighter 2, arranged by Oka Orihara.
You were just listening to Cammy's theme, originally from Super Street Fighter 2. I believe it was composed by Shun Nishigaki for that game. Arranged by Oka Orihara for the Diverse vs. Capcom arranged album by Diverse Systems. Yeah, it's pretty great. Very exciting, very jazz fusion-y. Some, some of the things that I like usually lean on. Uh, I love that bass solo in there. I love how it's almost like celebrating Cammy's theme. Like it's like everybody's there to party. Uh, Cammy's a cool character. She's one of the added four characters from Super Street Fighter 2. Um, the blonde brainwash assassin from uh, the UK. Her stage is really cool too. You've got the northern lights in the background. It looks really scenic while she's kicking your ass. So that's fun. Uh, when you would play Super Street Fighter 2 in the arcade, they'd always pit you against one of the four newcomers right away. So you'd end up hearing this a lot. And, uh, you know, to go along with like Fei Long, T-Hawk, and DJ. So the track's pretty awesome. Uh, there's definitely some fake instruments in there. So uh, if you can get past that, you'll enjoy the track more. <laughs> uh, I think this album's from the early 2000s um 2004 is when this album came out um so yeah uh hope you enjoyed that so now uh let's get into beat-em-ups a little bit so i wanted to share one of uh my favorite tracks from one of my favorite beat-em-ups in the last couple years so originally a taito game there was this uh, game called ninja warriors uh for the arcade back in the day late 80s and um the thing that was really cool about this game was you know like many beat-em-ups you're just encountering goons punch 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 move on to the next guy but this arcade machine was huge and it had like three screens so it really commanded uh the space that it was in and also uh you're playing as either a male ninja or female ninja and there was kind of like a reveal as you're playing through the game so as you take damage you'd uh, actually start to uh, lose your armor or, you know, your clothing. And you'd realize that uh, the ninjas that you're playing as are robots. So very Terminator-esque. You'd see them uh, start to expose their uh, robotics. And uh, that would be a cool way to show that you're taking damage too. So moving forward, they uh, actually created a Super Nintendo port of this game many years later, but it was actually handled by Natsume, a different company, and it was still a beat-em-up, but they basically redid the whole game, so it was a little more stylish, and uh, the combat was a bit more involved, so I really liked that game uh, when it came out, and now even further than that, the uh, Natsume, the company that had made the remakes, remade that remake, <laughs> so it was like an HD version of it so uh, instead of redoing it and making it 3d they actually uh, redid all the pixel art and they went all out and made really beautiful pixel art for this game and they actually gave a little more depth to the combat and me being a fighting game player of course i'm gonna love more technical stuff when it comes to uh any other genre so beat em up with more fighting game style mechanics is like awesome for me this game uh, was released in 2019 in Japan, it's called Ninja Warriors once again, which is a great title. <laughs> but in America and other territories, it was called Ninja Saviors. Since this was a Natsume game, 
Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, he handled the Super Nintendo version, and then he came back to rearrange all that music for this new uh, PlayStation 4 Switch or Xbox version of the game. I think it came out on Xbox. I had a lot of fun picking a track. Uh, so many of the tracks, the whole soundtrack is amazing. But what I landed on for this little side episode thingy is Stage 6 Office. Uh, so once again, this is uh, Ninja Warriors once again, <laughs> uh, composed by Hiroyuki Watsuki. And the track is Stage 6 Office. Enjoy. Listening to Stage 6 Office from Ninja Warriors once again by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki. And uh, yeah, how heroic is that? They're really hitting it with that melody line and the energy is so high. Uh, yeah, the whole, the whole album has a lot of this same energy. I love it so much. Uh, Ninja Warriors, like I was talking about, came out in the late 
80s. I think it was like 87 or 88. And I think it was Hisayoshi Ogura that did the music. I think it was him. Definitely had the Zuntara sound at the time. Kind of cool, kind of strange. To me, very YMO influenced. So if you like uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra, you'll definitely get a kick out of the early Zuntara music. Yeah, ninjas were awesome in the 80s. <laughs> you would think that ninjas would be coming back because everybody's wearing masks these these days. Well, maybe more people need to wear masks. So wear a mask and ninjas will be cool again. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, yeah, this music rules. I hope you enjoyed that track. And um, so I'm going to be going back and forth between beat-em-ups and uh, fighting games. So the next track I have is from a fighting game. And... I don't feel like I could have a fighting game playlist without at least one track from the Guilty Gear series. So music is such an important part of the uh, Guilty Gear games, not only just because of the music being awesome, but thematically uh, a lot of the characters and a lot of the um, design choices are all based in heavy metal. And uh, that's thanks to Daisuke Ichiwatari, the founding father of the Guilty Gear series. Um, he's a huge metalhead. He's the guy that came up with the idea for the game. He's the guy that uh, did all the original music for the game for a long time in the series. It was just him. And he also did a lot of the artwork too, uh, which is something I don't feel people talk about as much. Me being a visual artist, I always appreciated that. And how daunting is it to be? I guess I, guess I should say how passionate can a creator be to uh, focus on all aspects of the game? Guilty Gear was something that I actually remember the exact moment when I first saw the original Guilty Gear. My friend had uh, like a Japanese hobby store, kind of like anime shop, and we were cool with him and we'd play games there. So he had like a import PlayStation and I came into the store and he's like, you got to check this out. So he just put it on the TV and we didn't hit any buttons or anything. We just let it play because actually the original Guilty Gear game was PlayStation game. It wasn't released in the arcades. It was uh, released for the PS1. Yeah, the intro played out. The music's awesome. The artwork looked really cool. But from my eyes, it looked kind of like, you know, an also ran fighting game. So it had a little style, but it was like, okay what's it going to be? You know, it's a game that I haven't heard of and I was going to the arcades all the time. But in the attract mode, um, the first thing they showed was Kai, one of the main characters, doing like, it's like a 17 hit combo that was like super involved uh, compared to anything else I'd see on a console fighting game. And I was immediately in love with the game and I was like, we got to play this. So me and my friends played it a ton when it came out. It was kind of like one of the first handful of like physical CDs of a video game soundtrack that I owned and I actually gave it to uh, one one year I went to Puerto Rico I, I'm Puerto Rican also, also this is kind of like a Puerto Rican showdown I think because uh, the last Rican I'm assuming he's Puerto Rican <laughs> I am a Puerto Rican <laughs> so uh, visiting family in Puerto Rico talking to my cousins and that year they were getting really into rock music and this time it was like grunge kind of stuff nirvana i guess a little bit of offspring and uh you know we were just cruising around and stuff oh mana which is a really great spanish rock group they introduced me to mana and um 
me, I was just kind of still a nerd listening to video game music, but Guilty Gear was something that was like all rock, and I had this CD, so I shared it with my cousins, they really enjoyed it, and I actually thought they liked it so much that I gave my cousin that Guilty Gear CD that I have, and I don't have it anymore. Um, since I've, I've, I mean, I have the soundtracks in different ways, but um, that CD that I had, I gave it to him, and I've never seen it again, but that's you know, kind of a nice Guilty Gear memory that I have that we were able to meet on common ground. Yeah, the 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 moment when you can share video game music to somebody that doesn't... I mean, I guess they my, my friends were nerdy like me, but they weren't into video game music like I was. But when you can share a piece of something that you like and it can cross over, because Guilty Gear's music's all like just straight up like real instruments, rock, yeah, that I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, but this pick that I have today is from Guilty Gear X, and it's Milia's theme. Uh, it's called Writhe and Pain. Like I said, composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari. Heaven or Hell, let's rock.
right. Welcome back. That was Writhe in Pain. Melia's theme from Guilty Gear Double X. Originally composed by Daisuke Watari. The arrangements and performance for this uh, version of the song was by Koichi Sayama. Melia, she's pretty awesome. She uses her hair to fight. She's got long blonde hair and she can like stab at you with it and it can fly all around. Um, she's been in like every game. She's one of the original cast members. She's a, like what you would call a rushdown character, very offensive character that uh, wants to stay in your face. And she has some kind of mix-up tools, but yeah, they're mostly just just to help keep her uh, dogging you. <laughs> she also has a great overhead where she kind of uses her hair as like a kickstand and does a front like flip and like axe kick. There was uh, a flash program called Milia Blocker, I think. And it was literally just testing your reactions if you could block an overhead. So in fighting games, uh, if you're blocking back, you can block highs, but you can't. You can get hit by lows. If you're blocking low, you can get hit by highs. So you have to pay attention if you're blocking high or low. And an overhead is a standing attack that has to be blocked high, or else you get opened up. And Milia's is pretty fast. I believe it's dang testing myself now. 18 frames. <laughs> Don't check me. I think I'm right. <laughs> but um, yeah, this game, this flash game, you would, you could actually. There's a way to hook up a, an arcade stick to it, but uh, it would test you, it, test your reactions if you were blocking low or high. So um, it would just kind of sprinkle in highs and lows and that overhead, and it would give you like a rating or something. So I remember that being a fun thing. But anyways, um, Milia, uh, like I said, she uses her hair to fight. And um, like I said before, how all the characters are based or influenced by heavy metal. Amelia Rage, that's her name, that is actually a reference to a thrash metal band called Mel Melia Rage. It's, it's very similarly spelled. Um, they're from the United States, I believe. Melia Rage, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Ba <laughs> The English words are the ones I mess up? Okay. <laughs> Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, they're like a thrash metal band. So uh, her name is a reference to that band. And um, yeah, she'll tear you up. So moving on to the next track. We're going back to beat-em-ups. And I thought it'd be fun to showcase a track from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Uh, this was a big hit when it came out. And the soundtrack is by like a chiptune, well-known well chiptune group called Anamanaguchi. Um, and the track that I'm picking for this uh, episode is Bollywood, when you fight Matthew Patel, one of the evil exes. Please enjoy Bollywood from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World by Anamanaguchi.
You were listening to Bollywood by Anna Managuchi for Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game from 2010, I believe. Yeah, like I said, this is Matthew Patel's theme. He's the first evil ex that you, well, that Scott encounters in the comic, in the movie, in the game. <laughs> so, yeah, this game's really cool. It's not the most polished beat em up mechanically but hands down it's one of the most polished graphically and audibly as you just could tell so uh yeah it was kind of like this uh chocolate and peanut butter coming together situation where you've got uh brian lee o'malley's comic book that was very referential to video games and then you've got anna Managuchi who with their music is referential to video games and then You've also got uh, amazing pixel work by Paul Robertson and his friends that also was just like, you know, all these different uh, mediums that were influenced by video games coming together to make a video game, which is uh, really, really fun to think about. It, it came out in time with the uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World film by Edgar Wright, which is a film that I really enjoy. Maybe you know, <laughs> maybe you don't know, but I, I host a... Uh, uh, Kung Fu Cinema, well, Asian Cinema podcast with uh, my friends Matthew and Marty and um, Jackie Chan's kind of like our our spiritual center <laughs> on the podcast. Actually, one of the uh, fight choreographers on this film was a member of Jackie Chan's stunt team. Uh, his name is Bradley Allen. Yeah, so Edgar Wright uh, basically made Scott Pilgrim versus the world as kind of like a love letter to Hong Kong cinema because the way and this is something that I realized after starting the podcast and revisiting the film so my eyes were tuned to uh, Hong Kong cinema even tighter the way that he shot the fights in Scott Pilgrim are totally Hong Kong cinema style you know wide shots long cuts use of doubles actually some of the smartest use of doubles uh, you know you've you've in movies, you got a moment where maybe an actor has to do a crazy move and uh, maybe they're not up to it or you, it's too dangerous. So you'll get a stunt double in to uh, swap them out. And in that film, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the doubling is actually kind of used with like some digital um, compositing. And it's like really great. Like I, I really enjoyed. I mean, you know, I can I can see it, but the way that it's done is just so perfect that I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool. And I honestly haven't really seen it done like that in any other Western film. But anyways, back to uh, the game. So it's like basically uh, River City Ransom in a world that River City Ransom wasn't around. You know, now nowadays Arc System Works revived that IP and we've got things like um, River City Girls even that is like uh, uh, developed outside of Arc System Works. But um just as good. I, I like that. Actually, <laughs> if you want to play a better beat em up, uh, play River City Girls <laughs> compared to <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim was fun when it came out, and I, I, I think you could play it online with friends. I, I can't remember. But either way, uh, it's impossible to play the game now unless you had a copy and you still have your old system with it because licensing and stuff. I think even the soundtrack's unavailable. 
but um, at least I was able to share one track with you today. <laughs> I mean, you can look it up online. Okay, so um, moving on to the next track. We are going to be visiting um, kind of a similar situation to the Ninja Warriors once again track. So this is a game called Fighting EX Layer, and it's a 3D fighting game uh, developed by a company called Arika. And it's actually kind of a remake of a game that actually uh, it's like a combination of Fighting Layer, which was a arcade fighting game developed by Arika. But they also developed the first 3D Street Fighter game called Street Fighter EX. So they made a new version of both of these games, basically, but they removed all the Street Fighter characters. So it's its own thing. I picked a track called Collapse Castle, composed by Ayako Sasso. And this is from Fighting EX Layer. Enjoy.
That was Collapsed Castle from Fighting EX Layer, composed by Ayako Sasso. Damn, this is the kind of stuff that I love, man. This uh, fusion has got this Japanese aesthetic to it, but then you've got the synth lines and you've got the rock guitar. There's like that, I think it's the Koto. And then the shaku hachi, like the wind instrument. I could be wrong. I think I'm right. But yeah, when those hit all together like that, man, I love all that stuff. Ayako Sasso, one of my favorite video game music composers. The background, this game, like I mentioned. Uh, Arika, this company. So Arika was a company founded by Akira Nishitani, who was originally a Capcom team member. And he's one of the main brains behind Street Fighter 2. Him alongside uh, some of the design team, Akira Yasuda Akiman, one of my favorite visual artists, they basically formed the idea of Street Fighter 2. And actually, uh, you can watch on Netflix, there's this series called High Score. And there's a really great episode that focuses on them creating Street Fighter. And they go into it and talk to uh, Nishitani and Yasuda which was really cool for me to see uh, so check that out but anyways that after he left Capcom he formed his own company and he named it Arika which is Akira backwards <laughs> um, and like I think the first project that they worked on was Street Fighter EX which was a 3D attempt at Street Fighter for the first time so when the game came out, um, I feel like people were kind of not as excited about it as you would imagine with a 3, 3D Street Fighter for the first time in this uh, PlayStation 1 era where this was like the next generation of video games. But um, I personally, I love how the game looks. I love how the game feels. And uh, the soundtrack is probably top three top five <laughs> arguable um soundtrack video game soundtracks for me uh so the composers for that game were uh shinji hosoi takayuki aihara and ayako sasa who uh, did this track and they were originally um a team of composers that worked for namco and did really great work with namco but um i don't know when they uh, split away from it or whatever. But, I mean, honestly, they would still go back to uh, do a lot of work with Namco, I guess, as freelance, straight Japanese 90s uh, jazz fusion at the highest level, I think. Like, um, it's right up there with some of the um, uh, greats like T-Square and Cassiopeia that that I really love. Um, but... With uh, Fighting EX Layer, they basically reunited a lot of the composers that worked on the original Street Fighter EX and Fighting Layer games. We were blessed with this amazing soundtrack. It's really high production, really high energy, really wild in some moments, but uh, I, it's like everything I hoped it would be. And uh, the game's really cool too. It's the same engine, basically, as Street Fighter EX. Uh, a lot of the same animations, but just newer graphics. They used all the characters that were original for the game outside of the Street Fighter characters because it's not developed 
with Capcom in mind. Um, they did it on their own through Eureka. And uh, thankfully, the characters that they created for Street Fighter EX were really cool. So there's some really cool characters that they were able to uh, bring back. There's like a dude. He's like Kamen Rider. His name is Skullomania. And uh, he's like a, basically like a Japanese TV hero. But he has like a skull aesthetic and a cool red scarf. He's really cool. There's like um, this other guy named Crackerjack who will hit you for a home run with his baseball bat. <laughs> That's really cool. Anyways, um, yeah, th I hope you really enjoyed the track. And it, I would highly recommend checking out the whole soundtrack because it's like one of my favorite soundtracks in the last couple years. So uh, let's move on to our next beat-em-up track. What's it going to be, guys? This actually is uh, an arrangement of In the Bar from uh, Streets of Rage 2. And it's by one of my favorite arranged or actually musical groups that is kind of ha has roots in fighting games as well. And I'll get into that after the track. So this is In the Bar from Streets of Rage 2 arranged by Project Dolphin. listening to In the Bar, originally from Streets of Rage 2, of course composed by Yuzo Koshiro, arranged by Project Dolphin. So this group, Project Dolphin, is made up of a couple of dudes, I believe they're from the UK, 
the bass player in this group is a content creator. Uh, he focuses on fighting game content on YouTube. He and he goes by the handle Desk. And this dude is amazing. He's like he's like one of my favorite content producers ever. He d mainly does like combo videos, but it's more than that. He always puts a lot of effort into the production and music's always a big part of his videos too. So he'll edit videos. So it's, it's like a combo video, but it's like a music video. So he'll edit it in time with what uh, with the action that's happening and it's super entertaining. But like I said, at such a high level. So you're you're always really there's so much to consume as a fighting game lover. When I watch his videos, I'm like, wow, what's he going to try next? He does like these magic tricks basically with fighting game. Yeah, he he does it so quickly, too. So like a game will come out and he'll if he's interested in it, he'll do like a series on like almost like all the characters or he'll do like these thematic things. So like Dragon Ball Fighters came out and the game has like these cinematic moments in the game and he you could tell that he was very excited about that because he incorporated those into his combo videos so it almost makes it it's it's almost like you're watching a Dragon Ball anime but it's a fighting game and I mean that game looks amazing already so yeah but Desk I've been following him for a long long time he would originally do so like Evo's like the world's like biggest fighting game tournament every year and years past he would contribute like combo video uh every year and that was like always such a treat to see like what is he coming up with this time and um he slowly grew into like i said a youtube uh content creator he also does these side projects where he does music and honestly always leaves me wanting more because every time he produces something it's so good and it's so in line with my tastes that I'm like damn why are you just releasing like one or two songs or an EP just four songs <laughs> but I mean honestly it's it's cool to see him producing content so I always look forward to something new from Project Dolphin and new from Desk this album is an arranged EP so he did four, well, they did four tracks, one from Streets of Rage, Street Super Street Fighter 4, it's like a medley, let's see, Secret of Mana remix, that's really nice, and a really great arrangement of the airship stage from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. The, every track's really great. It, I, I don't think it's actually up. Uh, anymore it was on their Bandcamp page but they're kind of uh, resetting and starting to showcase their new content so uh, check out Project Dolphin on on Bandcamp and obviously Project Dolphin the um, the code name for dang let me see the, the GameCube was it let me, I'm gonna have to check that yeah it was it was the GameCube <laughs> yeah that's what they named their band after which is pretty great <laughs> um okay well yeah enough of me gushing i could talk about that dude all day i could talk about every video that he's put out <laughs> i don't know anyways um moving on to the next next track another series that i really love uh, when it comes to fighting games and i feel like musically should be in a playlist of fighting game music is the king of fighters series so there's i i think we're coming up on king of fighters 15 that's going to be released so uh it used to be that they would release king of fighters game every year so they were numbered by the year they came out so starting in 94 
all the way through 2003 they were numbered but when they couldn't keep up then they switched over to uh, standard numbering the track that i'm picking is from king of fighters 14 which is uh the newest uh it's a 3d king of fighters game which was um not the first 3d king of fighters game but the first in the main line of king of fighters games to be fully 3d some people like it, some people don't. I had a lot of fun with the game. I haven't really kept up with it. This uh, track is one of my favorite tracks in the whole series. And it's for the Ikari team, which is the team made up of uh, Ralph and Clark, the Ikari Warriors from the old Nintendo games by SNK. This track is called Survivors Under the Sky. Check it out.
you are listening to Survivors Under the Sky, the Ikari team theme from King of Fighters 14. This is composed by Naoki Kita. Yeah, this one also hits real hard. I feel like, you know, this is kind of like a, I've been challenged and it's fighting games and it's beat em up, so I should kind of really bring these kind of more rock, kind of fighty sounding tracks because like king of fighters actually has a lot of like jazzier stuff and varied sounds uh when i when i first uh heard this track and saw the stage i was like in love i as a fighting game player uh i've always gravitated towards grapplers so these are the types of characters that have to get up close and they're like wrestling type characters there's a something really rewarding to me about having to work and get your way in and really capitalize on uh, the fear that you can strike into your opponents as a grappler. So uh, say I get in and I grab you, do a really cool like pile driver or something, then you're scared. So it's kind of a test for the player. Some people hate grapplers and I feel like anytime a fighting game first comes out, the grapplers can be a little stronger and then as the game goes on, they'll get a little uh, toned down because uh, they just, I feel like the archetype of a grappler capitalizes on the player you're fighting more. So uh, people that are new into fighting games will just get uh, really frustrated by grapplers in general. And okay, so uh, Clark, Clark Still, one of the Ikari warriors, he is a grappler archetype character. And he's one of my favorite grapplers in any fighting game. He's styled to look like a mercenary. Actually, sometimes, like in King of Fighters 13, you'll see him. He looks basically like Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger and like something out of like Predator or something. He's just so cool. Uh, he his stance. He just stands straight up with his arms spread out, waiting to just give you a huge uh, backbreaker hug. <laughs> He's usually on my team. In King of Fighters, you pick a team of three people and you kind of uh, play through that whole team. So when one of your characters gets KO'd, uh, your next teammate will come out. So Clark has like this, it's like the, they say, it's the SAB, Super Argentine Backbreaker. And what he does is he grabs you, he throws you up into the air, and your character actually usually flies off the screen and then they land back onto his shoulders and then he slams you to the ground so cool one of his supers he literally does that to you three times in a row it's so comical but i love it yeah but this stage in king of fighters 14 you're actually fighting on top of an aircraft carrier and there's jets flying around and i i'm i'm kind of a huge uh, aircraft nerd so that already spoke to me and that it was clark you know like a grappler that i really liked and that it's the the theme was just so good <laughs> so it's like one of my favorite like stage music combos in any fighting game stages in fighting games are always really fun too because i always have different locales it's usually like uh, some type of landmark around the world but sometimes you get interesting things like this like in um uh marvel vs capcom 3 there was a helicarrier stage like it's the shield helicarrier so that's kind of a similar situation in tekken i believe in tekken 6 there's like a stage that's one of my favorite stages ever where you're on top of a skyscraper in the middle of the night 
and there's a huge storm raging all around you. So there's a like torrential rainfall and lightning and thunder. It's it, it's so cool that sets the stage for this really exciting encounter. When you get a fighting game that does stages right, because usually they're just background, but when they get it right, it makes the whole experience that much more fun. Yeah, this track and this stage is a perfect example of that. Moving on to the next beat-em-up track. I already used the Streets of Rage 2 track, but I also wanted to showcase something from Streets of Rage 4. Streets of Rage 4 was highly anticipated, and I feel like there were some people that weren't really sold on the visual aspect of the game. Um, instead of it being sprite work or 3D models, Lizard Cube, the developer, went with a hand-drawn animation style, which I loved. It looks so good. The gameplay uh, really expanded on Streets of Rage's engine. So the, the developer that they got, and I forget the, the name of the, the group, but they had already really had experience in making kind of their own beat-em-up engines that had more involved mechanics like a fighting game. Uh, Streets of Rage 4 is super fun to play. Yeah, this this track, this is actually, uh, you know, you'd think uh, it'd be a Yuzo Koshiro track, but actually uh, Olivier Deriviere, I believe that's how you say it, Deriviere, his tracks on the soundtrack are some of my favorites of the whole soundtrack. So uh, this is Rising Up from Streets of Rage 4, composed by Olivier Deriviere.
that track goes places. You're listening to Rising Up from Streets of Rage 4, composed by Olivier de Riviere. I'm not usually into EDM style music, but I do find that if there's a good melody in there, I can uh, I can get into it. And this has that for sure. Um, I do really enjoy how off kilter it feels, like sinister, devious. Uh, even before, like at two minutes in, it gets to be really devious, like some really like kind of twisted stuff seems to be happening. Yeah, throughout the whole track, it has this kind of cool hip hop feel to it, EDM feel. I feel like it's it's kind of taking what Yuzo Koshiro was doing with Streets of Rage and its house style and taking that to its like next level like a next generation of that sound and olivier he destroyed it yeah the a long form track like this too um the stages are long enough where you'll hear it looping and i feel like there's some moments where it almost feels dynamic so like that two minute moment what I, that i was talking about there's a couple of times in the game where you're encountering maybe a new enemy type and it's almost like this is the song is welcoming them onto the screen it's pretty cool but yeah like i said i really enjoyed streets of rage 4 and i especially enjoyed the the engine of it i actually took some time to do like some little combo videos myself just me doing my my own thing with it um i wasn't trying to you know, there are like, well, there are videos where people can like kill a whole boss in one combo. But to me, it ends up kind of looking repetitive. So I was trying to be a little more creative with my stuff. Not that I'm saying I'm any better than uh, the other combos that videos that I'd see out there. It's just I, it was more interesting to me to do it that way. So but anyways, every character had their own kind of fun style to play. And uh, it was almost like a fighting game where you could kind of. Uh, gravitate towards a different character based on your play style so there was grappler there's like a kind of a air movement character there's a small quick character and kind of like the ryu kind of main axel like character yeah streets of rage 4 is awesome check it out i'm i'm sure if you're listening to this you probably have at least heard the music (laughs) from it (laughs) by now okay so i mentioned how i'm not as into edm but I am actually kind of going kind of into the same territory and I have a pick from the Tekken series. So this is from Tekken 6. This track is called G Blast Version and it's composed by Go Shina and we'll talk about it a bit when I get back.
You're listening to G Blast version from Tekken 6 composed by Go Sheena. Uh, yeah, this this track it, it also goes places. <laughs> um and it's also another example of crazy fighting game stages. So this is actually like you're fighting on a fallen space colony. You're like on ruins, but uh, you can see like structures like up at different angles because it's kind of like in Gundam, in the, the Gundam anime, they have space colonies and what they are, they're basically huge tubes. So instead of it being like a planet where you're on a globe, uh, you're actually in a cylinder. So... If you look straight up, you can look at buildings because I guess the rotation of the colony uh, simulates the gravity that you'd need to exist in a normal state. There's also jets flying around, so kind of similar to the King of Fighters stage. Yeah, the music has so much going on. There's like those weird vocals. There's this EDM kind of backing to it. But then there's also these like swelling strings that take over in like the midpoint and it has its own like little section there's even like a taste of like hip-hop there's like some like distorted vocal hip-hop line in the middle and then you of course you've got like a wailing guitar solo to just take you back into the high energy of the track um goshina's worked with uh, the namco sound team for quite a while and you'll see their crediting is listed like mainly in Idolmaster. There's so much music in Idolmaster. But um, the thing that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the Tekken series is that every entry in the series, the soundtracks get bigger and bigger. And if you look up the crediting for Tekken 6, there's literally like 40 or 50 people at least that are listed. It's almost like, I mean... It's like Smash Brothers. Like Smash Brothers is bigger because that's just. But it's actually the same. It's actually like the same idea where every new version of the game is kind of like a celebration, and they just bring in the best of the best to uh, uh, compose the soundtrack. So I love every time a Tekken game comes out, even if I'll you know maybe some of the music I'm not as into because I like I said I'm not as into the EDM electronic side of things. Um, there's always going to be something for me uh, in the soundtrack. And yeah, Tekken 6, Tekken 7 has one of like my favorite fighting game tracks ever. And that's like an EDM song, but it's like melodic like I was uh, talking about a little while ago. So yeah, uh, Tekken's been an important series to me in a long time. Locally, we've got some really strong Tekken players. So um, although I haven't been as involved in fighting games in the last couple of years, um, I still am really invested in Tekken as a series because I love and also has Lei Wulong and Lei Wulong's like my favorite fighting game character ever because he's basically Jackie Chan in a fighting game and they get it so right <laughs> I love it but yeah that's uh that's G Blast version so now we're getting to my last track and I'm kind of going a little backwards but I wanted to showcase some Zuntara you know, I said that uh, Taido developed the original Ninja Warriors, but the version that I shared was by Natsume. So I wanted to share something from Taido's arcade history. And this is a track from the game Rastan Saga 3. It was called Warrior Blade here in the States. And this track is called Rising. And 
I will have composer info for you when I get back.
welcome back. You're listening to Rising BGM 1 from Warrior Blade Rastan Saga 3, composed by Masahiko Takaki. And this game came out in 1991, developed by Taito. So this uh, is a fantasy beat-em-up. Actually, Rastan 1 and 2 are more of just like an action game. And you're playing as a Conan-looking dude. But uh, Rastan Saga 3 is actually a beat-em-up. And uh, similar to Ninja Warriors, this game also had like a big wide screen, like three monitor screen. And the characters are huge. So the sprites are really cool. And, you know, you're fighting like skeletons and werewolves and wizards. But um, the graphics really stood out to me. I didn't actually play it back when it came out. I played it on my friend's arcade cabinet. He has like a main cabinet. You can play it with three players. There's the, you know, Rastan, the Conan looking dude. There's a lady and there's a blonde haired guy who's totally like Michael Dudikoff, American Ninja looking guy. His name is Dewey, I think. Yeah, Dewey. <laughs> so uh, you can play as American Ninja in this game. There's also some interesting mechanics where you can... Well, I guess there's like set piece stages, one where you're like riding on horses and then one where you're like sliding down the side of a mountainside. That's kind of cool. It's weird. But I always like, you know, these kind of old, more classic beat em ups. And I've talked about how much fun it is when you get a couple of people that are kind of into it, too, and you play through a beat em up together. Uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, the flip side of a fighting game where you're fighting against each other, which still can be fun, but there's something to be said about the kind of co-op play in an arcade. And I mean, I don't know <laughs> what the future holds for arcades, but right now is probably the worst time to go to an arcade, I think, <laughs> unless you have gloves and a mask and stuff, but whatever. Anyways, this is that Zuntata sound that I was talking about. You got keyboards all over the place. You're picturing a dude with like four keyboards just jamming away. And I can't get enough of this stuff. And I wanted to kind of pay tribute to the old style of music too. Because that's really the roots of all these beat-em-ups and the roots of uh, fighting games and uh, beat-em-ups as a genre. They, these were arcade games and you have these old sound chips that you would use, not sampling or, you know, this hi-fi, you know, stuff, which is great too. And I'm glad that I was able to showcase some arrangements here in this uh, face-off. But yeah, keeping it old school for the end. So I hope you enjoyed all these tracks and we'll see who wins on this face-off. I don't know what this really is, but I'm excited that I was able to get to share more tracks and as always it just feels like i'm scratching the surface on a lot of these things that i already like so there's tons of great fighting game tracks out there there's tons of great beat-em-ups maybe not as much as fighting games but there's still plenty of great tracks to find so hopefully these are some new tracks that you didn't hear about and you got to learn a little bit about them through this uh challenge or whatever video game music fight club or whatever it is so uh good luck to you the last recon and we'll see who comes out victorious and i hope you guys have a great day and uh yeah i don't know <laughs> what this is maybe i'll do this again sometime but thanks for listening peace <laughs>